The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Welcome to Autism Live. Are you guys all remembering to dance at least a minute a day? Dance with abandon. Do it for yourself. Do it to remember Joanne Lara. Uh, it's a way to keep her in all of our hearts, but it's really good for all of us. So uh, welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod, and I am here with all of you, and I appreciate all of you. I've said this many times in the last few days, um, that if it weren't for you guys, whoo, I don't know. Um, uh, because we uh, lost one of the greats this week, Joanne Laura, passed away on Tuesday night. And um, man, you know, I'm just having to remember how to breathe, you know, and I know that you guys can relate to that because we've all uh, had some loss in our lives, right? But woo, takes your breath, even when you know it's coming. And she and I had many opportunities to talk about the fact that it was coming, not not a surprise, but it's always quicker than you think, right? Uh, but anyway, I'm so excited to be here with you because, you know, as jo Joanne would say, the work goes on, right? Uh, and the work is the important thing. And so we, we keep on keeping on, right? Uh, and we are going to be with you live for the next hour talking about autism from a 360 degree perspective, hoping to meet you here in this space. We our mission here is to provide information and inspiration. That's what we're about. And we want to provide that to the larger autism community. So that starts, of course, with individuals who are on the autism spectrum, of course. But we include everyone who loves them. And that is the category that I am in. Um, I have a son who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half. He just turned 17. He's not even been 17 for a week. It's still in my heart. Um, and, you know, I needed support. He needed support. We needed therapies. And we got very lucky. Um, I, I don't make any bones about that. We got very, very lucky. But we also worked really hard. And he worked really hard in a team of people worked really hard with them. That team of people happened to be from the Center for Autism and Related Disorders, which is why we, why I talk about them on a frequent basis, because when somebody changes your life and gives you hope and gives you all the things that you dreamed that you could have, you talk about them, right? But I want you guys to know that what CARD does is quality ABA, and that's the name of the game, right? Not just ABA, but quality ABA. And there are more ABA providers in the world than just CARD, of course. Um, but that's the one that I know the most about. So that is the one that I wax poetic about. Um, because, like I said, they gave, me, they gave me back my child. They gave us back our lives, right? Um, but there are other ABA providers out there, too. And we want to help you to not only get to uh, whatever it is that you need, because sometimes you need ABA and something else. Or, um, you know, sometimes the, the thing that you need is biomedical help or, um, you know, something that works in, a, uh, in addition to ABA, right? So we want to talk to you about all those things, but also the practical things about how do you keep food on the table while this is happening? How do you motivate yourself to get up in the morning? How do you, you know, get through all the emotions and the the realities and the legalities and the, you know, the school district, right? Sometimes, not always, sometimes they're great. Anyway, uh, so that's what we're here to talk about um, so that we can help all of us, those folks on the autism spectrum and all the people who love them to get to the point where we can say that we have done everything that we can to help support them 
and give them the dignity and the respect and the employment and the housing um, and the appreciation that is, they richly deserve. That's what we're really here about. Now, I do remind you that um, this is supposed to be an interactive conversation. And some of you are already writing in. I'm saying hello to Michelle. I'm saying hi to Sarish. I hope I said that right, Karen. Hi there. Uh, Sonali, and I'm saying hi to Valerie. Uh, we're, we're having people from, uh, Manal is from Dubai. And we've got people from Georgia writing in. I absolutely love it. Feel free to write in. There's lots of places to write in on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Periscope. We're all live on those places. Later on, this show will be podcast to iTunes. Um, we're on Deezer and, I, you know, uh, what else? iHeartRadio, um, Spotify. Spotify is the one that I always forget. But don't forget that our homepage is autism-live.com. There's a couple of things that happen on the homepage that are really cool. One of them is, is there's a chat and you guys can be writing it on the chat. We had some problems with it last week, but it is open now. And in a minute, I'm going to address a question that came in on the live chat. And there we go. And um, you can also look at the toy guide. A lot of you have written in and said that you are having trouble, that you need something new, um, that it seems, you know, like you got to refresh. So uh, we've got toy guides. You can go through and look and look at your child's age and ability and interest and go, hey, there's, there's, and, and I'll tell you in the last two years, the toy guide is interactive so that you click on the name of the toy and it takes you right to where you can order it. We don't get anything for that. I just want you to be clear that we don't we don't get any money from that. In fact, what we do get is um, it's just about this time of year that we put out a call to toy makers and say, hey, send us stuff. We'll open it up. Uh, send, yeah, I got to send us two. We open one, um, unbox it, we play with it, and we have um, kids on the autism spectrum play with it. We have therapists play with it. And then... Um, then, you know, we rate the toys and decide, hey, this one is really awesome for this. And, you know, this one, we get amazing toys and they don't all make the guide. But all of the toys we get, we donate. Um, so that's a really, really cool thing. But that's really um, all that we get is the actual toys to review. So uh, we don't take any money. Um, that's just a service for you guys to help you because I know what it's like when you want to get a toy that really makes your heart sing and makes your child's heart sing and it's educational for them, but it's super fun. And you got a limited amount of money in the bank account, right? And, and you're like, how can I make this all work and not get the toy that they never play with? So that's really what started all that. Um, okay, so that's there. And you can also write in on the uh, live feature, which is the chat at the bottom, which I can see on my iPad that I have right here. I guess you can't Oh, there it is. Uh, okay, so you can write in on the live feature and I can see it there. But also we have our whole library of videos that you can go through. It's nine years of videos. I know, can you believe we've been here for nine years? But it's great. Uh, uh, Mary, Mary Ellen, excuse me, um, says, hi, Emma, says, hi, hello. I'm looking into going uh, private for an assessment. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I have a diagnosis, any advice? You know, um, I think it's always good to know why you want a private assessment. And there are many reasons to get a private assessment. Um, but if it's because you need a private assessment because you disagree with what the school says, I would talk to Bonnie when she's on the show again on Monday about how you can get the school to pay for it. So, because private assessments can be very expensive and um, normally they take a lot of time, although very few people are wanting to take their children in for assessments right now. So I hear the line is not as long, but you know, you really could be talking about between three and $5,000. Now, is it worth it? Yeah, if it's the only way that you can get a diagnosis so that you can get access to the treatment that you need, yeah, it's absolutely worth it. But if you don't have to pay it, it's still worth it if it's free. And then as long as it's somebody that's reputable, and then you have that three to $5,000 to spend on the next thing that you're going to need and there will be things that you will need. You see what I'm saying? So I would first look at why you wanna do it and then if is there somebody else who will pay for it? Sometimes your insurance will pay for it. Sometimes the school district will pay for it. Um, sometimes the regional center here in California or in other states will pay for it. So, uh, but a private assessment is, you know, it's a good thing to have in your hip pocket. And if you do get one, we've, we've had a lot of people write in lately saying that um, 
their records because from a way back, um, they no longer have the records. I really recommend that um, everybody gets a scanner that works and that you can put things in and it scans it right into the computer. Please make sure that you scan and back up important papers like that because you will need them later on in life. Even, you know, um, when your child is doing well later on in life, you know, there's, you never know when you're going to need it. And we keep hearing about records being destroyed after a certain number of years. So get and keep your records because uh, they're expensive to replace. Um, uh, okay. Um, JP says, hi, I'm a special educator from India working with differently abled children. We so welcome you for being here. Uh, okay, so uh, I did want to say to you that we, we have wonderful experts on the show. And a little later on, uh, we are going to welcome back Yadira Calderon from Autism Happy Place, Happy Kingdom, excuse me. And um, she's going to be joining us. She was on last week with her daughter and we just didn't have enough time with her. So we're going to be welcoming her back in a few minutes uh, and she's going to be talking with us and you guys can write in questions for her or I or for other for experts and, and I will make sure that they get forwarded to them. I've got a question here that I want to address and then we're going to do the jargon of the day. I'm all over the map today. Uh, can you tell? Uh, okay, my, hi, my son is 15 years old with autism, is verbal and has a learning disability. He's very sensitive to how people speak to him. And at times he thinks he's being told off when he actually isn't. Even if someone accidentally knocks against him or he knocks against them, his immediate response is to hit out. Have you any suggestions on how I can help him to stop reacting like this? Thank you. And of course, I'm going to say to you that the best possible thing is, I know it's like, wah, 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 but, the, but it's true. The best possible thing would be to work, be working with an ABA team because, you know, sometimes these things, you know, they start out like this and then it takes on legs and then you got to deal with this. And then all of a sudden it becomes this village of, of issues that you got to deal with. And at 15, um, now is the ideal time to deal with this before he gets any older, before he gets any bigger. At 15, people still look at our kids and cut them this much slack. At four, it's just cute, right? Uh, but by 10, it's like, mm, and by 15, they're like, well, okay, I know he's got challenges. But by 16, 17, 18, you know, they start to invo involve bigger consequences including the police. And so we wanna catch this now, right? Um, and I don't know what the situation is with your son, I'm gonna say that upfront, um, but I, I wanna tell you that with my son, we saw something similar, not necessarily the same, um, but I wanna tell you that a lot of our kids are rule governed. And when they hear a rule like you don't hit, or you don't kick people, or you don't shove people, or, or whatever, they go, mm, that is the rule. So when someone bumps into them, the rule comes up and it goes, hey, that's not allowed. Um, and so this person has shoved me, and now, you know, I need, this is, this, I need to respond to this, and their rules, if not otherwise governed, say, I got to defend myself, right? So it's very important. There's a bunch of lessons in skills, um, which is skillsforautism.com. And for a 15-year-old, I would do the lessons in skills living, which is skillsliving.com. But there are lessons in there that talk about, first of all, levels of friendship. And that's a very important thing for our kids to learn so that they know, okay, what constitutes a friend and what constitutes a, you know, a close friend a friend, an acquaintance, someone I've met before, a worker at a store, a total stranger, right? That we need to establish that because that's going to be important for the lessons that come afterward, right? And there has to be a little bit of perspective taking. So you have to go through a whole set of lessons in the cognition curriculum that teach um, you know, how do you, what do you know versus what do you think? What's your, what, what is a fact versus what is an opinion? And then we go through a set of lessons that are beliefs. What do you believe? And is a, is a belief an opinion or a fact or something in between? It's all the gray area stuff, right? And what that builds to is a point when the individual learns, I feel this and I'm thinking this and you feel that and you're thinking that. 
so that they can go through the drop-down menu of rules in their head when they're walking through the lunchroom, for instance, and somebody shoves them. We also teach them facial expressions too, that they can look at the person, look at the situation and go, this is my friend. And my friend you know, has a look on their face that's saying, ooh, I'm sorry. So in this circumstance, it is my belief that this person did not mean to hurt me. They may have, but it was not intentional. And that words can be exchanged to say, I'm sorry, and saying, okay, please be more careful in the future, whatever it is, right? Um, and that if it's a person that they don't know, it's a slightly different conversation. It's a, excuse me, please, you know, you're in my space, right? And how to ask for help from someone if the person continues, right? Um, so it's a whole lot of lessons that have to be taught so that our kids understand in, in, in my rules, like this circumstance is different than this and this person is my friend. Um, so that if somebody shoves me, because sometimes people shove you and they mean you not well, right? And, and we don't want our kids to just be taught that, oh, if people sho shove you, it's no big deal. Um, but they need to be able to discriminate in this circumstance. I believe that that person cares about me and that they would not want to hurt me. That was an accident. It's a lot. It's a lot, but it can be done. They did it with my son. It took a while. It took a while, but better to start now, right? Uh, okay. So having said that, please feel free to write in on the chat on autism-live.com. Hey, Traven, we're running behind, so we better get to, it's time for the jargon of the day. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani, nani, are the experts talking about? What do they mean? What does it have to do with us? Do we really have to learn it? Uh, is this essential? And my litmus test is, is this gonna save me five minutes and $5? And if, and if it passes that litmus test, then it's important to begin to learn it. Don't expect yourself to understand it always the first time through. Um, but today's jargon term is interverbal because we've been working through the verbal operants. Uh, okay, so let's take a look at what the, um, <laughs> the actual definition for interverbal is. I'm frightened. Are you? Because it's probably pretty intense and, and maybe we can make fun of it. Introverbal, an elementary verbal operant involving a response that is evoked by a verbal discriminative stimulus that does not have a point-to-point -point correspondence with that verbal stimulus. Yeah, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, right? But certainly if, if you have no idea what a verbal operant is, and if you don't know what a discriminative stimulus is, and if you don't know what point-to-point -point correspondence to a verbal stimulus is, then you're fried. You need seven dictionaries and a psychologist to help you to work through this particular definition. And we don't have time for that. So let's move on to our working definition for interverbal. Because this is an important one, I promise you. Interverbal is something that somebody says in response to the language of another person. It's conversational language. It's a little bit more in-depth than, than that, and I promise you, Experts all over the world are breaking out into hives right now. So we already talked before about manding. Well, first we talked about echoics and how sometimes our kids will just echo what's being said. And then we talked about manding, how they'll request something. They'll say cookie because they want a cookie. And they so they say cookie, they're asking for it. They get the cookie. That's the reinforcer. Then we talked about tacting, that tacting is when you notice something new or novel in the environment and you... Uh, react to it, uh, either pointing or you verbally label it because you want to call it into the attention of someone else um, there with you, which is the beginning seed of conversation, right? Now, a lot of you will write into the show and say, I want my child to be conversational. I want to get the conversation going, flowing back and forth, not be a monologue. My child is speaking now. I'm very thrilled, but it's a monologue. And when you ask them a question, you know, like we just don't get the back and forth. And But my kid can label things. You know, they have thousands of words, but where's my conversation? And I'll tell you where it is. It's in the interverbal um, because, and it has to be taught. And unfortunately, a lot of, I love me some fabulous speech and language pathologists, don't get me wrong, but a lot of them either don't have the time to get to interverbals or 
it's not something they're as adept at because there's a, a real behavioral component to interverbals. So let's say that we're teaching the word apple, right? And we start out by just saying apple and the individual echoes. And we try to get them, maybe they say ah or puh or whatever, but we get them to some approximation of saying apple, right? And then we, we, you know, we'll go through matching because we'll show them a picture of an apple and we'll start with a two-dimensional thing. We'll try to get them to match, put, you know, put with same. And, and, and then we'll go, it's an apple, right? And we want to get the expressive and the receptive label of apple so that they're saying apple when they see an apple, right? But now we want to make the jump to them requesting an apple. <clears throat> you know, so we put the apple there and they, and they say apple because they want apple slices or they want a bite of the apple. And by the way, we're teaching that sometimes apples are red and sometimes they are green and sometimes they are big and sometimes they are little, but they are all apples. We're teaching all of those things. But eventually we want to get to the point where we can ask the child a question and say, what's a fruit that you like to eat? And we don't say apple, but that the child has enough happening language-wise in their brain that it's like files that we say to them, what's a fruit? And we've had to teach them that an apple is a fruit, right? What's a fruit that you like to eat or what would you like to have for breakfast? It can be any question, but notice I didn't say apple. And that the child responds and says, I want apple. And by the way, the response does not have to be verbal. It could be them, you know, clicking a thing on a, an assistive communication device. It could be them showing a picture of an apple and to, to say, I want an apple. But the, when we are at interverbal is when the thing that was in the actual definition was that there's no point to point correspondence is because I didn't say apple. So they had to pick apple out of their brain and visualize it and pick the word and, and somehow communicate the word without us saying it. And that is when we are at interverbal and that's when conversation gets easier. So in ABA, they work on this, um, that after, it, you know, you gotta have a certain amount of labels that you know, and you have to know a certain amount of features of things, but then they start really shaping up the interverbal. And, you know, it's one of those things where you count. It's, it's like the volleying of a tennis ball. You count how many times the conversation goes over the net. So you say to your child, what would you like for breakfast? And your child says, I want an apple. And in the beginning, man, that's everything, right? You just go, oh, we, have, we have arrived in the promised land. But you know, like all things, we want more, right? So, we, so then uh, at some point we say, what would you like for, for breakfast? And they say, I want an apple. And they say, is there any juice? And you go, yes, would you like juice? And they go, yes. And you go, there were three volleys. We got to three volleys on the same topic. And it didn't have to do with a necessary preferred topic. And you, and your heart beats faster and you go, oh my gosh, is this, is this for real? Am I, am I really seeing this? And then you, then you go to four volleys and then you go to five. And around five, between five and seven, they make you stop counting because you're there you're there. But if you don't work on interverbals, you know, it's unlikely that you get there because uh, we got to keep building and building and building. So if you're at the point where your kid is labeling, um, you know, that's great. That's a great stepping stone, but we got to get to earn interverbals. And then of course, next time we're going to talk about autoclitics, which that's a whole other Oprah <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But if for the most part, you know, if you guys can understand, okay, you know, understand what echo, uh, echoing echoics is, understand what manding is, tacting, leave it to the experts because it's a little bit more convoluted, but do understand what interverbals are because you want to be asking for them to be working on it once your child gets enough labels. Sound fair? Sound good? Okay, we always have a question of the day for you. And our question for you today, I can't wait to see what it is. Ah, what's your favorite time of year? What's your favorite time of year and why? What do you love? And I, I love that people love different seasons. I'm, I struggle with change. I'm not alone with this. Change is hard for me. Um, and it's about this time of year that I start daydreaming about Christmas. Uh, Cause that's my favorite time of the year. And I don't know, it just helps me to think about it. 
when things are hard. But I'm always trying to remind myself that we got to be in the season we're in. And it's okay to be, you know, planning for Christmas. And I sort of have to because of the toy guide and, and our sensitive Santa thing. Um, but you got to appreciate the seasons that you're in. And I don't know about the rest of you, but we sort of missed spring. Um, spring kind of went down the tubes, right? And I just the other day realized that it's summer and that it's summer for most of us. If you're watching us from Australia, that is not the case. You're in winter. But for most of us, it's summer. And, uh, and even if you're in Australia and it's winter, there's something to be appreciated in this season. And it's, I do think that being in the now, we always want to be planning for the future, but being in the now is where the joy is. And so no matter what your favorite time of year is, I hope that you will find something in some way to appreciate the season that we are in. It's not the same this year. It's not going to be the same, but there is something, whether it's that you, you know, make hot dogs and you have them inside, if that's what your circumstances are because you're in an apartment, you know, uh, more and more people are able to get to parks, uh, but you gotta do it safely. Um, but find a way uh, to appreciate that it, that it is summer. Uh, but, and tell us what your favorite time of the year is. So moving on, we have our topic for the week. And um, our topic this week is just the truth. There's never enough time. Somebody said to me a couple of years ago, boy, it's too bad that nobody tells you when you have a kid that there's only a certain number of Halloweens um, that you get. Um, I think for the autism community, it's a little bit different because we allow our kids things that the rest of society says, oh, I think you're too old for that. And I kind of like that about us. I like that we roll that way because um, I there's just never enough time. And, um, I, but it makes me think about, you know, how many things are there that we just miss in the day? And you know, when my son was little, um, I knew because people had told me that I loved to hold him and I loved to walk around with him on my hip. That was, I had a bad back, but it was a very happy, and he was a big baby, but it was a very happy, happy time for me. And every time that I would take him out of his car seat when he was little to put him into a shopping cart or take him out of the shopping, shopping cart to put him in the car seat, I always, always took an extra second, held him sniffed his head because I knew that that was fleeting. But it's so funny that you don't realize on the day that it's the last day that you put your child on your hip. You don't go, oh, this is it. This is the, this is the last time. It just becomes the last time, right? So I'm going to ask you to be sensory today. I'm going to ask you to go through your day and appreciate everything sensory from the fact that you are able to move your feet and hands and whatever, um, you know, someday there will, will be the last day that you wash a dish, right? And dishwashing sucks, <laughs> it just sucks, except that it really doesn't have to. I have some very fond memories of washing dishes, either because I was talking to somebody that I loved on the phone, or I was listening to good music, or I was doing it with somebody else, or there was that feeling of satisfaction that it was done. I'm just saying there's choices and there's never enough time. So with the time that you have, find a sensory experience today, whether it's that you step outside and feel the heat on the ground, on your, on your sidewalk or your patio or your driveway, um, or on your, you know, your deck, whatever, whatever it is, and that you feel the sun on your feet and just take a moment and have that sensory time and appreciate whatever that is. Take that moment for yourself. My friend, Joanne Laura, it used to be that as I would drive into work almost every morning, I would have a conversation with her. And when I would talk to her, she had set up this beautiful place in her backyard um, and she loved animals. And so she had, you know, all these squirrel feeders and bird feeders, and it was a lot of work. And when she was sick, believe me, the rest of us were taking care of her. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's so much work. 
right? And she had um, five cats that were outside cats that she fed and there were the three dogs inside. And, you know, it was a zoo in the backyard and it was, she had a covered patio and she had this little fabulous um, China teacup with a saucer and she would make her morning coffee and her toast. She would go back out onto the patio with the LA Times and she would sit in her comfy chair on her patio, listen to the birds, watch the squirrels, talk to her animals, talk to me on the phone and read her LA Times. And she said, this is my time. And I would always say to her, yeah, I don't have time for that. <laughs> like I got to drive to work and I got a kid and I got to have whatever. And I promised her that I would take some time. And I'm asking you to do that too. Take the time because there's never enough time. So make the time, take the time. Okay. Um, I mentioned, and we're already late and I apologize to you, Dira, um, that we have a fabulous guest. We had her on last Thursday and I just thought she was so wonderful that we needed to have her back again, um, this week. So I don't know if she's with us yet, Traven. Is she with us? Is she joining us? I'm waiting to see. And while I do that, I'm looking on the live feature to see if anybody has sent anything else. I'm here. Let me open up She's my She's there. Hi. Let me see. Here we go. Uh, share content screen. Okay. Start video. Here we go. There we go. I see you. We're almost in matching tops. Look at that Vulcan mind melt. We are in the flowery mode. and the That's right. I just love what you were saying. So, and the intro verbal, I wrote a comment about that and uh, it's so true. So I'm just now uh, reading the comments because I can't see them when I'm in the PowerPoint. Uh, so you said watching movies over and over, stopping asking questions helped us immensely to work on expanding vocabulary and answering questions. Totally. And then uh, Rainbow Mosho says Christmas, it's uh, her favorite time of year. It's all about love to her and the details that come with it. She has a Christmas tree up year round. I love that. Uh, and living in the now is indeed challenging many days. Uh, and I think it is for, I, I mean, it, I don't live in the now. I'm just going to be honest. It's very hard. I have to consciously pull myself into the present um, and make an effort to do that. And I find I don't hang for very long, but even three seconds is its own little miracle. What do you think, Yadira? Yes, I do live in the now. And uh, yes, my mind, there's a little space in the back of my mind that goes to what could be happening six months, nine months, 20 years from now. But I have to live in the now because I am What are you thinking about? Yeah, I'll tell you in a second. Did you say hi to Shannon? Hi, Shannon. Out. Hello, sweet pea. Hi, Shannon. You look beautiful today. Thanks. <laughs> have you, I, it's been a whole week since I've seen you. Have you managed yeah. to have any? Have you managed to have any fun this week? Yep. What did we, you, What'd you do? Um, this, uh, we celebrated my mom's birthday. <gasps> That's right. Happy birthday. That was Monday, right? Fifty-three. Fifty-three. <laughs> wow. Well, you're a youngin. I'm 57. So uh, we, we, I, we are youngins. <laughs> you are a youngin. And uh, so did you, did she make you any art for her birthday? Um, she did not, but she was awesome because she went along with the whole process and we had multiple celebrations and they involved um, hikes and meals at people's homes um so it, she was she was the best present you know love it i yes. love it love it love it ready to live it ready to what you were just saying ready to live the day ready to live the today and this is what matters now and it is uh -huh. that moment that us as parents have to realize good our kids are understanding you know that yes we parents are here to give our all but there are those instances where we also matter. And at this point, she has the capability of understanding that. And she yeah. responded in kind. So I'm very, very fortunate. Mom? Uh, she has a question. It's okay. You I'm always about, yeah. You have a question? Yes. I got two questions, actually. Okay. What's your favorite animal? Oh, that's a tough one. I, you know, I love my dogs. Uh, so I, and, and now I have a new dog. 
Um, and I've always loved dogs, but I really love otters and I love camels. That's a good cover. So, so what's your favorite animal? Oh, the blue whale because I uh, because it's the largest animal on the planet. Have you ever seen a blue whale? No, I. Well, didn't we see one in New York City, the museum? Yeah, the statue. Alive? Yes. There you go. Well, that's pretty huge. It's been in the entire ocean exhibit. Yes. That's amazing. That's amazing. Well, I've I've had the opportunity to go and see some otters and to see some camels, but I've never gotten to pet an otter or pet a camel. Uh, yeah. But that's that's on my list. A, a platypus? <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness! I I would love to meet a, a platypus. Yes. Me too. Um, do you have any pets? Do you guys have pets? Oh, we have fish, but every year when I'm uh, every year, every year of my life, I always ask my mom if we could ever get a puppy, but she always says no. At this point in our lives, our reality does not allow us to bring into the household the yes. space, the money needed, and the care. And she's getting older. And like I tell her, you need to be very patient. These are things that in the future we can consider, but right now it is not realistic. I got to be honest, my dog, uh, my son didn't, he asked for a puppy forever and he didn't get one. I think he was 12 when he got a, a puppy for the first time uh, because we, we weren't living someplace where we could have one. And now suddenly we have two. Um, <laughs> so, you know, sometimes, you know, wait, because maybe sometime it'll happen for you too. Yeah. What kind, of, what kind of a dog would you get? Would you get a big dog or a little dog? A big dog because I've heard of the world's biggest dog breeds. They're big and fluffy. Big and fluffy. <laughs> <laughs> and what and what that represents? The big and fluffiness of everything the dog will do. Mom, so we need a yes. big house. We need a big yard. So mom, yes. great and a big yeah, vacuum cleaner. And big mega. <laughs> mom, what were you thinking of? What will happen in a few months or twenty years? It, it, anything that could be happening. That's a, she's. It, this is what I love, the whole process that now she's listening to what I'm saying and everything is being digested and she heard me say something and now she's asking me, you know, what are you thinking of? Because in I her case, that. I know in her case, she always has something that she's thinking of that she would like for it to happen. But then once again, to put me into consideration and bring me to her equation. You know, I want to know what it is that you're thinking that may happen in six months or 20 years, you know? Yes, that is higher level, you know, critical thinking. It's where everybody's trying to get. So I want to know, what do you think that you did and worked on that helped her to get that? Um, the, the movies, that was key. That whole intraverbal, the, and I to make the conscious decision. Again, this is what I keep insisting and parents send me notes. What have you done? I see your daughter, oh my goodness, your daughter, she can do it. You know, it's just, and it's been a lot of work. We've been eight years at this. Um, I don't take anything for granted, but in the last, the, she just turned 12. So when she was between five and eight, every movie that she saw, and it's tiring, but I found the time and I did it. We, I sat down with her or I'm around. I make her stop the movie and I would ask her, what just happened? Who is that? How are they dressed? What are they saying? Why is this important? And I would bring back a couple of events or a couple of scenes from before. And I asked her, but wait, wait a second. I don't understand what happened before and why is this happening now? And she would learn and she did learn to seek that relationship and understanding that there is a flow and a continuity in a story and she would proceed oh my goodness 300 times and she would explain to me the whole movie and that's why she, a lot of our kids have the capability to memorize movies but yes. then but then that capability is magnificent and is very powerful but again us as parents we need to expand on that capability and we need to bring in our kids to the now and the now is 
that we need to ask those questions so our children are not only spitting out and repeating the movie, but putting their mind, these other spaces in the brain at work and answering those questions that we are asking at first. Ooh, many times there were no answers. And you know that, Shannon. There were no yes, answers. Yes, I do. Yes, there were no answers. And I gave her the answers. I gave her the answers. So again, whatever was happening in her brain, she could continue to establish the links and the relationships as time passed. Uh, how many times did I say, hip, hip, hooray, here goes my daughter, she gets it. And in the last three or four years, she is the one right now who stops the movie and say, mom, did you see this? This is what happened, blah, 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 blah. And I have to clear up. And then she's not only talking about the movie, she's also correlating it to some knowledge she may have acquired about her particular interests, you know? So mm -hmm. this is a lot of work, but it is work that it is so rewarding. It is so Absolutely. worth it. And I urge you parents, please, please. I know you're busy. I know now we are worried. I am unemployed right now. I have mm -hmm. no guarantee of employment. I'm looking for a work from home job, you know? But all of that, I know I will find a solution. I remain in the now. I remain in the present. What it is that my daughter needs today, okay? So we can continue building on, on her challenges. Last week was mega fascinating as we were in the middle of celebrating my birthday. Here we go, puberty, the reality, Ooh. exactly. And you know tons about that too, Shannon. <laughs> that would be a topic for that would be a topic for another show if yes. we can come back, okay? But again, living the present, living the day, and if it comes with beauty, like you just said, absorb that moment, like you just said, seek that sensory experience. But on the other hand, if the day begins with the challenges, do take that step back. This is your now at this moment. Deal with it as best as you can. Reach out, make that phone call. There are so many groups. There are so many phone lines. And so I don't accept it when my parent tells me, I don't know who to go to. And I say, well, for starters, you're just coming to me, which yeah. is great. I don't have answers for you, but have you considered this, 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 and that? There are so many organizations that are out there and they can help us, but it is only up to us to make sure that we make the connection and we create that link. Our, the needs of our children are not going away and we have to work very hard at them to make sure that we are going to um, do the best we can to learn from them. Um, being in parental police, psychiatrist, psychologist, social worker mode on a 24 seven basis, it's draining. It's very challenging, but in every day that we have, there is opportunity and we need to seek that opportunity to make it better. Now, I got to ask you, because you are so upbeat, you are so positive, you are such a inspiration and such a mover and shaker, but I think that people often assume that um, people who are upbeat, never have a bad day, never, ever felt down in the dumps. So like, maybe if you could talk to people about, first of all, a, a period of time when you didn't know what you know now and were feeling like maybe it was overwhelming and how you got through that and how you handle when things are hard now. First, um, about four or five years ago, uh, things were very difficult. The mice's needs, the reality, uh, the um, lack of stability. And for us parents, you know, now I'm a single mom with my family supporting now the best way they can. And then at that moment, they also were, but again, with our children, it wasn't always what I needed. And there were many moments where I felt alone, where I was scared, where I felt sad. And I just, um, and I, I, had, I have had suicidal thoughts and I've written about it. And um, I, how did I, Make the decision. It's okay. Is she, is she okay? I want to make sure she's okay before we do. Okay. She's good. Thank you. Just a cup of water that could spill. One yeah. One of our day-to-day -day occurrences. Yes. But, I, but I, always, 
I always say our kids come first. It's a live show and you know, we have dogs barking and whatever. Our kids come first. So she's okay. Good. We're all good. She is doing perfect. Thank goodness. Good. <laughs> so um, with those challenges and um, the thought process going to the seeking an end and seeking the terminating, because um, at that moment, what we think is this is the best solution is going to be best for everyone. I'll be gone. I'll disappear. And at the same time, in less than 20 minutes here, I am thinking, but, oh my God, what's going to happen to my daughter? What's going to yeah. happen to my family? What are we going to do about this? You know? So um, in my case, um, going through the thought process, understanding what it meant and realizing that I needed help and realizing that I needed extra supports. And that became the drive. And that became the big push for me to create um, meetings in Florida, parental meetings where I sought the opportunity to bring in everyone. Everything that my child did, it became um, the source of communication, the source of openness, and the source of correlating to everybody else. We are all going through the same. We are all going through the same. And if we don't talk to each other, if we don't understand that there's a problem, and if we don't understand that we have the power to find solutions, then we're not helping ourselves and we're not gonna be doing anything about it. So um, that was my process. And at that time, and then everything flourished and there were these opportunities. I went to the United Nations in 2017. Then the opportunity came that one of my parent panels, Autism and Employability, was filmed by the WEVU PBS channel from Tampa Bay. We were a part of the documentary. Um, and uh, just to continue to open the doors and realize there's so much to be done. There's a long walk ahead, but it's worth every hardship that we go through. Because like that, I can help. I can not gonna keep my daughter in a bubble and I have not kept her in a bubble. And what we went through eight years ago when we arrived in the United States through the whole transition, Amais was born in Greece and we left Greece mm -hmm. almost eight years ago. So um, what we experienced there and the, the beauty of it, yet the difficulties making the decisions to come to the US and realizing, oh my God, this doesn't solve everything, but then continue to seek the opportunity to find solutions, okay? and realizing that if I want to give my child quality of life, I am going to be sacrificing. And this is a decision I made. And many moms and dads have made the same decision where I am not seeking for that $150,000 job because I refuse to be gone from 6 a.m., come back home at 8 p.m. and not be a part of my child's life, making money, but paying people to take care of my child. Uh, yeah. Me, I cannot do it. I respect those who have, and they are making the best of their abilities and working hard to move their children forward, but I could not do it. And this is where my family has come in. And this is where the incredible circle of support I have created and we are doing so good. We left Florida two years ago. We're here in Tennessee and we've created this powerful community through the Scott Hamilton Skating Academy and the All Stars and the Ice Skating. Borderless Arts Tennessee. They have incredible activities where Tomais's art is flourishing. They are creating opportunity, which is what I love, what Temple Branding was asking on Tuesday. How do you create opportunity? Bottom line, you expose your child to everything. If you don't go out there and go again through the reality and hardship of the diagnosis, what can happen? Be patient and decide, okay, this is hard, but we're gonna survive it. And this is hard, but my child is going to learn. My child is going to react at the right moment when they are able accordingly. But if I don't go out and try, I am not going to know. And my child is not gonna say six months later, mom, I loved it when you took me to this one place. Yes, it was hard. I didn't think I was going to like it. I didn't think I was going to enjoy it. But look, I want to go back. And ta-da, there we go. That's the best answer and the best situation we can be in. 
Amazing. Well, your story is so incredible. It, these groups that you do in Tennessee, are they just for folks in Tennessee or is it something people can access outside of Tennessee? Uh, it is just for, for the ice skating in particular. It is just for folks in Tennessee. This is where Scott Hamilton has his skating academy. Uh, he is all over. He's fantastic. We love him. You know, and you can see all of the wonderful work he's doing online with Borderless Arts Tennessee. They used to be VSA. And, um, and, and there was the transition and they were asked, could you create a new group? And a new was, group was created 20 years ago. And uh, what they're doing right now is fascinating. Theater, masks, um, uh, uh, the, the graphic arts, okay? Music, dance. And um, a, the majority of the, well now with COVID-19 and the reality, a lot yeah. of the, workshops and webinars are online which everyone can have access to so if anyone goes to borderless borderlessartstn.org um they can come communicate with them and they can ask and they can be given access to the videos that are being made right now exposing everyone to a variety of artistic opportunities and it's just super exciting i know i love it and we've done um art exhibits with them um, we, um, we were, today we were supposed to be, today's Thursday, yes, today we were supposed to be in New York City with them, because tomorrow we were supposed to be at the United Nations with a special visit, and on Saturday we're going to be having a private tour of the Guggenheim, so it's not happening. Sorry, coronavirus, I hate you, I want to go Brooklyn, New York. She, 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 I want to go to Brooklyn, New York, too. <laughs> That was devastating, but at the same time, leaving today, leaving the day, this is what it has brought to us, yes. and we keep making plans, but we keep surviving today and making the most of it. Yes, because as, as inconvenient as this time is, I keep saying, there is going to come a day when this, this too shall pass, and we will look back and we will have a memory of this time. And it can be a memory of strife or it can be a, mem a memory of togetherness yes. and a, a time in which we grew in a way that we couldn't. I mean, I know people, I, I've got a ukulele sitting here and I keep saying I'm gonna learn it. And if I don't <laughs> learn it, it might be that I never do because I may never have this time again. But I, you know, everybody's got their ukulele. Like what is it that you have not had the time for that you said, if I ever have the time, because uh, it might be now and and we have to live in the time that we're in and I, I find that most of my unhappiness right now comes from focusing on what I can't do not what I can do that's correct that's correct that's correct so, and, and that's very human we are human beings after all okay yes it, and it's normal and it's so important to voice it it's so important to verbalize it it's so important to have someone else listen to you um, but bottom line, this is the way it is right now. Yeah. And keep I was just going to say, how do we change our minds? Our topic last week was change your mind. Because once you notice, oh, I'm focusing on all the things I can't do, not the things I can't do. Well, then the next step is to change your mind. Yes, yes, I agree. And um, what you can do right now, understanding that has a lot of meaning. Um, yeah. As menial as it might seem, there is so much meaning to what we have to do right now, because again, we all, we're all going to be better people at the yeah. end of the, of the road uh, after this passes, because it will pass and it will take a lot of our effort to join forces and to make sure that it will pass. Um, yes. And we must come out stronger out of this and our families, our children, we must come out better people and uh, better human beings and keep making this world a better place for all of us. I think that you have a future as a preacher because you take us to church every time, Yadira. I, I, I'm speaking from my heart. I'm speaking from my heart and uh, what I've experienced one day as we'll keep sharing, there are many difficult situations I've been in and uh, it, I've gone through the being knelt and kneeling down and being in pain. Um, but here we go. We, we rise. We, together we rise. And it has, I haven't done it alone. I've had good people around me to help me make it happen. 
Well, you are amazing. Um, how can people connect with you if they want to follow your story and your beautiful daughter's story? Thank you. They can go to our website, www.autismhappykingdom.com. Um, they can send me an email, autismhappykingdom at gmail.com. They can also look for Rainbow Mosho, M-O-S-H-O, on Instagram and Facebook. And we are, we are, doors are open. Again, you can ask me anything you want. If I have an answer, I'll provide it. If I don't and you need help, I will make sure I'll go out there and reach out to the sources that I know that exist that hopefully we'll be able to give answers. And we, you know, we had you on last week and we just didn't, we felt like we just didn't get enough time. And so I'm so happy that we got to have you back this week, but we also um, have said to you that we'd love to, if you, if you, if the two of you get together and we have several different series on the show that uh, we have Christina Adams and Nancy Oswald Jackson. And that if you guys have the time, we'd love to, we'd love to see some more of what you guys are doing. Uh, I think that you ladies are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you again for opening the door. Thank you for sharing the powerful messages that are being sent that we parents just need to listen to. And there are many messages out there, but again, yeah. we need to listen to everything. That's very important. And then we, we make the judgment, we make the call, we decide what it is that's gonna be a benefit to our family. Yes, I, I'm fond of saying, take what you need here and leave the rest. Like, you know, if it doesn't sing to you, then that right. wasn't the song for you. But Yadira, we're out of time, but I, we adore you and we adore your beautiful daughter and happy, happy birthday. Thank you so much. It's been a beautiful birthday and bring it on 53. There we go. <laughs> there we go. All right. Well, we will chat soon, but love to you for now. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Many blessings for everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, I wanted to take just a, a second here at the end of the show to tell you about what's tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow is Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy. Nancy Allspot Jackson will be joining me right at the start of the show. Um, we have uh, our amazing Karen Nolte, who's going to be giving us an update on some research. And then we're very quickly going to move into that Matt uh, Asner and Nava Paskowitz Asner will be with Nancy and I. I'm sure that we will all take a moment uh, to remember Joanne because we were four friends very close with Joanne. Um, but we really want to focus tomorrow on the work. And there's some amazing things happening over at the Ed Asner Family Center, including their Unity Walk that's coming up that absolutely everyone across the country can participate in. We missed a lot in April. Um, April is our month in which, you know, sometimes I feel like we do too much in April and that it should be spread out throughout the year. Um, but I also find that I, you know, it's like that, that when they slingshot around the moon, they, they go around the dark side of the moon because the gravitational pull, it's going to, you know, like wing them around and they get more for their gas mileage. It's like a recharge. And that's what April is for me. I don't know about for you guys. And we didn't get that this April. We missed out on it. So uh, many uh, big autism organizations, including the Ed Asner Family Center, are finding inroads, things that we can do during COVID to have togetherness, separate togetherness, but to get the recharge, because that's the part that we all still need, is the recharge, that you know, feeling of, oh, right, I'm part of a bigger community. I'm not in this by myself. You know, that we can hold hands, whether it's virtual or not, that si se puede that I'm always talking about, right? So Matt and Nava will be here tomorrow, it, like guaranteed to have a laugh and a cry um, when you, because it'll be Shannon and Nancy and Matt and Nava. Uh, you can't beat that. And then a little Karen Nolte on the side. <laughs> so research on the side. I love all of you. Thank you for being here through this with me because I have needed you and I will continue to need you. And I hope that we'll continue to provide you with that information and inspiration. I'll be back tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.